Welcome to ReachMD. The following program, Advances in AML, the role of a targeted therapy in current treatment paradigms, is developed and sponsored by AbbVie. This activity is intended for United States and Puerto Rico healthcare professionals only. The U.S. Medical Affairs Department of AbbVie Incorporated is the sole author and copyright owner of this presentation and has paid ReachMD to host this presentation. AbbVie is solely responsible for all written and oral content within this presentation. Copyright 2021, AbbVie Incorporated, all rights reserved. The following speakers have received compensation from the U.S. Medical Affairs Department of AbbVie Incorporated to prepare and present the following information and are speaking on behalf of AbbVie. For over 40 years, the treatment of acute myeloid leukemia, or AML, was relatively straightforward. Clinicians needed to decide whether the patient was fit or unfit for therapy and proceed with standard high-intensive chemotherapies or low-intensity regimens instead. But with the development of technologies paired with an enhanced understanding of the AML genomic landscape, it's become possible to identify clinically relevant molecular aberrations and develop targeted AML therapies. On today's program, we'll explore one such therapy and its role in current AML treatment paradigms. This is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Charles Turk. Joining me is Dr. Uma Barate, hematologist at Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center, and Dr. Harry Erba, director of the Leukemia Program at the Duke Cancer Institute in Durham, North Carolina. Drs. Barate and Erba, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and joining my colleague, Dr. Uma Barate. Starting with you, Dr. Erba, would you briefly explain how our deeper understanding of AML's pathogenesis has affected treatment approaches? Of course. Our increased understanding of the pathogenesis of AML has spurred the development of compounds in the treatment of AML, particularly the creation of small molecules that target the disease on a molecular level. The mutational profile of AML suggests that epigenetic modulation of gene expression is critical to disease development. This is because the broadest class of mutations includes chromatin modifiers, spliceosome mutations, and transcription factors. We still have much to understand about how these epigenetic modulations contribute to disease through the various mutations, which are often loss of function mutations. Current drugs have been designed to inhibit gain of function mutations, such as FLT3, IDH1, and IDH2. Other targets of interest include CD33, hedgehog pathway signaling, and BCL2. Among patients with newly diagnosed AML, those who are eligible for intensive chemotherapy may receive mitostorin, which targets FLT3, or gemtuzumab, which targets CD33, in combination with cytarabine and anthracycline. Among those who are ineligible for intensive chemotherapy, Treatment options include gemtuzumab, ivocitinib, which targets IDH1, glastigib, which targets the hedgehog pathway plus low-dose cytarabine, or venetoclax, which targets BCL2 in combination with azacitidine, decitabine, or low-dose cytarabine. And now that we have that background, Dr. Barate, let's focus on the treatment option, venetoclax, among the targeted therapies which Dr. Erba just spoke to. Would you give us an overview of venetoclax? Certainly. Venetoclax is a BCL2 inhibitor indicated in the combination with azacitidine, decitabine, or low-dose cytarabine for the treatment of newly diagnosed AML in adults aged 75 years or older, or those who have comorbidities that preclude the use of intensive induction chemotherapy. 
The Vialli A clinical trial was designed to evaluate the efficacy and the safety of venetoclax in combination with azacitidine in 286 patients compared with azacitidine plus placebo in 145 patients. Then plus aza showed a statistically significant overall survival advantage with the median overall survival of 14.7 months compared with 9.6 months for azacitidine plus placebo. CR plus CRH rates were 65% versus 23% for the VEN plus AZA and the placebo plus AZA arm, respectively. In the VEN plus AZA arm, the median duration of CR or CRH was 17.8 months. Of patients with baseline transfusion dependence, 49% became independent. The VLEC trial was designed to evaluate the efficacy and the safety of venetoclax in combination with low-dose RSC versus placebo with low-dose RSC in patients 75 years or older or with comorbidities that preclude the use of intensive induction chemotherapy with the primary endpoint of overall survival. In this study, VEN plus LODAC did not significantly improve overall survival as compared to placebo plus LODAC. Efficacy of the regimen was established based on the rate of CR and the duration of CR with supportive evidence of the rate of CR plus CRH, duration of CR plus CRH, and the rate of conversion from transfusion dependence to transfusion independence. The CR plus CRH rate was 47% versus 15% for the VEN plus LODAC arm um, and the placebo plus LODAC arm respectively. The median duration of CR or CRH was 11.1 months versus 6.2 months in the VEN plus LODAC arm and the placebo plus LODAC arm, respectively. In both studies, the most frequent adverse events were hematological and gastrointestinal ill nature. And turning back to you now, Dr. Erba, what do we need to know about starting AML patients on this therapy? In AML, venetoclax dose depends on the combination partner. When combined with azacitidine or decitabine, the venetoclax ramp-up is a three-day daily ramp-up to a final 400 milligram daily dose. When combined with low-dose cytarabine, the venetoclax ramp-up is a four-day venetoclax daily ramp-up to a final 600 milligram daily dose. The combination partner is initiated on day one of venetoclax dosing. And venetoclax plus hypomethylating agent or low-dose cytarabine is continued until disease progression or unacceptable toxicity is observed. All patients should be assessed for their level of risk for tumor lysis syndrome and be provided hydration and anti-hyperuricemics prior to receiving their first dose of venetoclax to reduce the risk of tumor lysis syndrome. It's important to keep in mind potential drug interactions with strong and moderate CYP3A inhibitors. These include the macrolide antibiotics, the antivirals, and azole antifungals. Dr. Erba, do you use azole antifungals in these patients? We do. We have a high incidence of fungal infections where we are located. There are clear dosing modifications for the azole antifungals. It's important to partner with your pharmacist to ensure that these drug-drug interactions are recognized and that there are clear dosing recommendations based on these concomitant medications that your patients may be taking. And once our patients have started this therapy, Dr. Barate, what complications or adverse reactions should we be on the lookout for? Absolutely. 
Venetoclax can cause a rapid destruction of tumor cells, which poses a potential risk for tumor lysis syndrome, also known as TLS, in patients with AML. All patients should have a white blood cell count less than 25,000 prior to initiation of venetoclax. Cytoreduction prior to treatment may be required. For patients with risk factors of TLS, additional measures should be considered, including increased laboratory monitoring and reducing the starting dose of venetoclax. In patients treated with venetoclax plus azacitidine, 1.1% experienced TLS events, and in patients treated with venetoclax plus LODAC, the incidence of TLS was 5.6% and included deaths and renal failure. Recommended dose modifications based on toxicity vary based on whether the adverse event occurs before or after the patient achieves remission. If hematological toxicities such as neutropenia or thrombocytopenia occur prior to remission, in most cases, treatment should not be interrupted. If hematological toxicity occurs after remission, treatment should be delayed. In case of subsequent occurrences, the cycle may also be reduced by seven days. For example, instead of a 28 day of venetoclax treatment, patients will receive 21 days of venetoclax treatment in each 28 day cycle. Neutropenia can be managed with dose interruption and or administration of growth factors if that is part of your institution's practice. If grade 3 or 4 non-hematological toxicities occur, venetoclax should be interrupted if not resolved with supportive care. Upon resolution to grade 1 or baseline levels, venetoclax may be resumed at the same dose. Dr. Erba, do you ever consider outpatient therapy? And if so, how do you decide whether a patient may be able to receive this therapy in the outpatient setting? I consider outpatient therapy if the white count is low, if the patient lives close by, they have a caregiver, and if the patient is compliant. Of course, I do this with careful monitoring of electrolytes before they leave the clinic after their first day. Many clinicians do this for patients with CLL. And just to bring all of this together, I'd like to get your respective takeaways on treatment options for patients with AML based on our discussion today. Dr. Erba, let's start with you. Thank you. We now have available a therapeutic regimen for older, less fit patients with AML that contributes to a high response rate and a quicker time to achieving remissions than with low-dose RRC or hypomethylating agents alone in the past. Therefore, I think more older patients with AML should be considered for therapy. Although the response rates are higher than what we have typically seen with hypomethylating agents, there are still some very important safety issues of which the practicing physician needs to be aware. Tumor lysis syndrome should be anticipated and prophylactically treated. Myelosuppression is clearly seen with this regimen, and there are a number of options for managing this. Drug-drug interactions are also important to consider. If you are considering starting a new regimen for your patient, consider consulting with other physicians who have experience with this regimen. And how about you, Dr. Barate? What message would you like to leave with our audience? We now have multiple options available, utilizing various combinations of venetoclax with lower intensity chemotherapy that show improved response rates for the treatment of AML patients who are unfit for intensive chemotherapy. Well, that's a great way to round out our discussion, exploring targeted therapies for our patients with AML. And I want to thank my guests, Dr. Uma Barate and Dr. Harry Erba, for helping us better understand venetoclax as a treatment option for these patients. Please stay tuned for important safety information. 
Venetoclax Indication and Safety Overview for AML. Indication. Venetoclax is a BCL2 inhibitor indicated in combination with azacitidine or decitabine or low-dose cytarabine for the treatment of newly diagnosed acute myeloid leukemia or AML in adults who are age 75 years or older or who have comorbidities that preclude use of intensive induction chemotherapy. Warnings and precautions. TLS, tumor lysis syndrome, or TLS, including fatal events and renal failure requiring dialysis, has occurred in patients treated with venetoclax. Anticipate TLS. Assess risk in all patients. Premedicate with antihyperuricemics and ensure adequate hydration. Employ more intensive measures, intravenous hydration, frequent monitoring, hospitalization, as overall risk increases. Neutropenia. Monitor blood counts, interrupt dosing, and resume at same or reduced dose. Consider supportive care measures. Infections. Fatal and serious infections, such as pneumonia and sepsis, have occurred in patients treated with venetoclax. Monitor for signs and symptoms of infection, and treat promptly. Withhold venetoclax for grade 3 and 4 infection until resolution, and resume at same or reduced dose. Immunization. Do not administer live attenuated vaccines prior to, during, or after venetoclax treatment until B-cell recovery. Embryo-fetal toxicity may cause embryo-fetal harm. Advise females of reproductive potential of the potential risk to a fetus and to use effective contraception. Increased mortality in patients with multiple myeloma, or MM, when venetoclax is added to bortezomib and dexamethasone. In a randomized trial in patients with relapsed or refractory MM, the addition of venetoclax to bortezomib plus dexamethasone, a use for which venetoclax is not indicated, resulted in increased mortality. Treatment of patients with MM with venetoclax in combination with bortezomib plus dexamethasone is not recommended outside of controlled clinical trials. Adverse reactions. In AML, the most common adverse reactions, greater than or equal to 30%, in combination with azacitidine or decitabine or low-dose cytarabine were nausea, diarrhea, thrombocytopenia, constipation, neutropenia, febrile neutropenia, fatigue, vomiting, edema, pyrexia, pneumonia, dyspnea, hemorrhage, anemia, rash, abdominal pain, sepsis, musculoskeletal pain, dizziness, cough, oropharyngeal pain, and hypotension. Review full prescribing information for additional information at www.rxabv.com or contact AbV Medical Information at 1-800-633-9110 or go to abvmedinfo.com. This program was brought to you by AbV. If you missed any part of this discussion or to find others in this series, visit reachmd.com slash leukemia care. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.